Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Welcome to Who's Paying Attention, episode 30. That's right, 30 episodes. Well, with this one, 30 episodes in the books. So I think that's great. And thanks for all your support. And I want to give a shout out to Bob Cochran, who has done a review of the podcast on Cultural Purveyor. It's an online magazine. And apparently Bob likes it. So thanks, Bob. And if you want to check out the review, just go to my Facebook page or follow my Twitter feed and you will see a link to it. Um, it was a good review. He likes what I'm doing and I'm having fun doing it and I hope you like it. And I know there's always debates about the music. So one time soon, I'm going to try it without music. But this one, I think I'll have music. Anyway, let's get to it. What the hell is going on? Um, happy holidays. We are, we are in the midst of the season right now. I know it's the holiday season because it's raining in L.A. today. So that's like, that's as close as we get to Christmas snow. But anyway, let's get to it. We got a lot to talk about. Some good, some not so good, and hopefully all of it funny. Let's start with the, the fiscal cliff. And we, we all know what the fiscal cliff is. We're, we're about to fall off of it, right? The, it's when the quote, Bush tax cuts end and taxes will go up on everyone, you know, particularly the middle class. They said middle class families will pay about 2000 more a year in taxes and big spending cuts in areas like defense and, and, you know, numerous cuts. So, so it's a fiscal cliff, right? And everyone says that if, if we're allowed to fall off of it, it's going to stop the growth that's been going on in the economy, et cetera, et cetera. Obviously, we have the two sides. Basically, and this is very basic, the Democrats, the left wing says, okay, we'll cut Medicare and Social Security and so-called entitlement programs, but you have to raise taxes. And Republicans are like, we can't raise taxes. We all signed a pledge. That's right. They signed a pledge with Norquist. So anyway, so here it is. The fiscal cliff's coming up. Also, Boehner, who's a Speaker of the House, says that because so many congressmen are going to be leaving the House, they don't want to make a deal with, quote, lame duck. It's political bullshit. Never mind. Here's the funny thing, and, and I think it's funny. Barack Obama wants you to tweet your congressman. That's right. Tweet with the hashtag My2K and swamp lawmakers with requests to act quickly to keep their taxes low, okay? Um, <laughs> this is this is the great thing. He said he wants to come to a fair and balanced agreement. Now, I don't know if that's Barack Obama fucking with Fox News, but I like to think it is, and I think it's hilarious. But anyway, they're, they're trying to do it. He says Twitter is the way to get to the congressman. Like, you know, it used to be you'd write a letter or something, but we're in the age of Twitter. Now, here, here's my thing with this, okay? First of all, Twitter and Congress just don't go together well. How, how many naked pictures of congressmen have been tweeted that, that no one really wants to see? They, they haven't got the hang of it and they shouldn't be trusted. And here's the other thing. I don't want to follow congressmen or women or congresspeople. I don't want to follow them on Twitter. I want them followed by investigators. That's who should be following congressmen. Let's see, see where you're getting your money from. Let's see why you spent millions of dollars on a job that pays $160,000 a year. That's what, what I'd be interested in. Let's follow him, but follow him with investigators, okay? Uh, he's going to the people on this one. And, and the interesting thing about this, 
about going to the people on this fiscal cliff? Because again, this was set up back with that whole fake debt ceiling. We're going to shut down the U.S. economy. The government's going to stop working. That whole routine. This debt ceiling was part of the deal made with uh, Congress back then. And, you know, it. listen, it, it's it's not a good deal, but it's where we're at now. And Barack Obama has to make something happen. And he's trying to do it before Christmas because this this fiscal cliff, we fall off the cliff on December 31st. Now, what do the people think? And this is this is good. And I like this. Uh, the headline on this article is voters become more realistic than political parties about the fiscal cliff. Now, now here's the thing. I know I make fun of the right wing because they're hilarious. <laughs> they're easy to make fun of. But the left wing, the extreme left is there. And the, and the question is, how willing are they to compromise? Remember, when Barack Obama got reelected, some said this was a mandate and some said this proves that Obama's policies are correct and the people are going to follow him and Congress better get in line. And, and listen, that's not going to happen. OK, Congress is not going to get in line, but maybe they will develop some flexibility. Maybe they will develop some willingness to compromise. Maybe they'll become fair and balanced. See, it's always funny when you say it. <laughs> but what about the left? Is the left willing to compromise on the entitlement programs? And again, I hate that term, entitlement programs. You know something? Social Security is not an entitlement because you you were working. You paid into it all your life, you, all your working life. So you're, you're, you should get your money back. I don't know how that became an entitlement. But anyway, is the left willing to compromise on things like Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid Um Obviously, the left is all for raising taxes on the top 2%. And, you know, this is the deal. Yeah, they, they are. Um, a poll, Pew, Pew poll was done. And 79% of people who voted for Obama, the liberals, the lefties, the no good un -Amer Oh, I'm sorry. I'll be back. 79% <laughs> said it would be better for Congress to address Social Security and Medicare than to do nothing. In other words... Better to compromise and not do anything. And only 39% say that they're concerned the president will compromise too much. Because remember, that's always been a knock against a Barack Obama. And I've said it myself. He's willing to compromise. The Republicans aren't. So he ends up giving up in the fight. I'm, I'm telling you, Democrats love surrender. But anyway, this is the deal. So, so the voters are more willing to compromise than the lobbyists, the 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 whoever you want to call it, the unions, they're like, no, no Medicare, no Medicaid, federal funds for education, no liberal programs, entitlement programs, whatever you want to call them, should be cut at all. And that's coming from obviously the lobbyists, but also some powerful unions. So the people, once again, on both sides, I think, I think there are many people on the right wing who are like, Okay, if we have to give up some and raise some taxes and it'll help cut the deficit along with spending cuts, we're willing to work on it. And this shows people on the left uh, are polled and proven that they're willing to work on it. Um, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't think we're going to go over this fiscal cliff. I think the compromise, what they're trying to do, I think the Republicans want to stop it, but they don't want to make Barack Obama look good. 
So that's their fight. Like, how can we, eh, how can we do this, but still make him look bad? I don't know. So let let's see how it goes. Voters are willing to compromise. Politicians never. Now, speaking of compromise, here's an interesting little tidbit that came out after the election. Um, President Obama's campaign manager, okay, Jim Messina. He said, you know, you know who we, we were really scared of? The Republican that scared him through the whole election thing? John Huntsman. That's right. You know why they were scared of Huntsman? <laughs> because Huntsman was reasonable. <laughs> yeah, that's why they were scared. They were like, whoa, this guy, this guy's reasonable. And you know what reasonable meant? It meant he was the first candidate kicked out of the Republican primaries. That's right. Huntsman went away quick. You know why? Because Huntsman said that we do need to look at medical care and maybe the individual mandate where we tell people to buy health insurance, maybe that is a good idea. And Huntsman said, you know, maybe the DREAM Act, yeah, maybe if you were, were brought here as a child from another country and you've, you've, you know, obeyed the law and done, you've been a good citizen, that you're entitled to citizenship, maybe that's reasonable. And they were like, get rid of him, get rid of him because they wanted people like Michelle Bachman, who truly hates everyone, and Rick Perry, who God told he would be president, but I think it was the same God that told him he'd end the drought. I don't know how that God's kind of lazy. And, you know, Rick Santorum and, and all the other crazies, Herman Cain, they all had a great run. John Huntsman, the reasonable guy, out right away. And who knows, he might have won. We'll never know because now John Huntsman doesn't even mess with Republicans. He didn't go to their convention or anything else. But I just think it's hilarious that the one guy, ooh, we got to get, watch out for that reasonable guy. Oh, don't worry. They'll get rid of him themselves. <laughs> More from Fox News. Am I picking on Fox News? No, they just, they fascinate me. Okay, here here's the deal. This whole war on women thing and, and women's rights and women. Um, the Republicans, as we all know, lost big with women in the election. Um, something about, you know, when you start looking at endorsing legitimate rape and, and telling them that the baby was, you know, God meant for it to happen. And they still haven't answered me. And this is my question. If a woman was raped by an illegal alien, should that baby be American? They never told me the answer to that one. But anyway, they, they're, they're on and on. So the Republicans lost women because they appear to, to hate women. I'm, I'm not saying maybe hate's too strong a word. Maybe what it is, those women don't know their place. That's right. That's right, ladies. You're only worth 60% of the pay that a man should get. Although Republican women in government don't, take a pay cut. Don't understand that. But anyway, this is the deal. So they had, uh, and um, I, I don't want to mess this up. Suzanne Vanker, who is, is a columnist for Fox News. This was on the Fox News website. She took a different tack on the, on this war of the sexes, war on men, war on women. Basically, this is what she said. Okay, Pew Research Center, who, they, these guys, these guys at the Pew Center must just ask a lot of questions. I wonder if you know one of them personally, like, are they an incredibly nosy neighbor just asking what your opinion is on anything? 
I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> this is interesting. Okay, um, the share of women ages 18 to 34 that say having a successful marriage is one of the most important things in their lives rose nine percentage points since 1997 went from 28% of women to 37%. Okay, so 37% of women are saying a successful marriage is one of the most important things in their lives. Now for men, the opposite occurred. It was 35%, now only 29% of men say a successful marriage is the most important thing in their life. Okay, so again, this is from Suzanne Vanker, the Fox News writer. Um... <clears throat> she says the problem is that women are angry. That's right. The so-called dearth of good men, which she calls marriageable men. And, and does that make you a good man? In which case I must be a horrible man because I've never been married. Most guys my age have done it two or three times. I'm sorry, people listening. I am a horrible man. Well, maybe I'm good because I am marriageable, but I'm not married. Maybe that makes me a great one. Hmm, not sure. Okay, but here here it is. So, she says, as the author of three books on American families, she's examined social agendas, parenting, gender roles. She's spoken with hundreds, if not thousands of men and women, and she's accidentally stumbled upon a subculture of men who told me, in no uncertain terms, they are never getting married. And when I ask them why, the answer is always the same. Women aren't women anymore. That's right. You see, ladies, you just don't know your place. These women are angry and they're defensive. This is all coming from the article, okay? They, these women have been raised to think of men as the enemy. And women pushed men off their pedestal and climbed up to take what they thought was rightfully theirs. You see, ladies, you see, there you are, climbing up on pedestals, thinking you deserve equal treatment. The hell with you. You're wrong. Huh. This is horrible. I, I don't even know. I, wow, this this blows my mind. Um, feminism, she says, serves men very well. And they can have sex at hello and even live with their girlfriends with no responsibilities whatsoever. You hear that, guys? You hear that? Just say hi and bang her and then move her in and not pay the rent. I remember when that only applied to guitar players. But now, I guess all men get that, get those privileges. Man, I have been missing out. <laughs> so, um, if men are slackers and they're retreating from marriage, women should look in the mirror and ask themselves what role they played in bringing about this transformation. I joke about it. You know, I'm, I'm doing up a new kitchen now and there's no woman in there cooking. That's what I need. I don't need a new stove and a refrigerator. I need a woman in there cooking. One of them girlfriends where I have no responsibility. Uh, unbelievable. Unbelievable. But this is this attitude is still there. Like they didn't get the message. Um, the election was a message. Women want to be treated fairly with some respect and allowed to control their own bodies. And this is not, I'm a man. I don't see any of that as an attack on men. Um, aggressive women in the workplace, and by aggressive, I, I shouldn't use that word, ambitious women in the workplace, good, good, work hard, and you should be treated fairly. Do women get breaks? Yeah, I joke about it all the time. Listen, women get free stuff. See, women still have that option. 
Here's the thing. Women can still choose to say, hey, I'm going to be a housewife. I'm not going to work. I'm going to find a man. I'm going to marry him. I'm going to take care of the home and he's going to take care of me. That still exists. No one's taken that option away. I, I wish as a man, we had that option. I couldn't do it, but there's a lot of guitar players that need help. You keep that in mind, ladies. They're in garages all across America waiting for you and you don't have to be a stripper to get one. Just offer to pay the rent. So <laughs> these, this option still exists. Ladies, it, it's not... I don't even know why I'm saying this because any woman listening to me gets it, but it's not your fault. Good lack of good men. I don't know where the good men are because I don't know what a good man is, but apparently it's the marriageable ones. You no good men out there. You, yeah. All right, enough. Stop. I'm done. Now, <laughs> let's move on. You know why? Because I want to talk about Thanksgiving and more importantly, I want to talk about Black Friday. That's right. Shopping Madness Day. Utter madness. And I was out there. I was out there, ladies and gentlemen. And it's no joke. Because this year, for the first time in my life, I ended up at a Walmart on Black Friday. Now, let me explain. I'm, I'm in the process of redoing my kitchen. And I know nothing about kitchen appliances because I don't cook or any of that stuff. However, I have a woman friend who's great with that, and she said she'd help me. But in order to get her help, I had to drive her and her kid to Walmart on the night of Thanksgiving. Now, you talk about an adventure. I have never seen anything, and I have seen feeding frenzies on Shark Week at, at, at on Discovery Channel. Never seen anything like a Walmart on Thanksgiving Day. It was packed doesn't begin to describe it. I've been to Times Square on New Year's Eve. That was almost as crowded. The, the Walmart employees weren't helping customers. They were standing up on displays trying to direct traffic, literally stop and go like it was, you know, a, an intersection before traffic lights. Maybe they should put in traffic lights. It was amazing. I don't know what they're buying. I saw some carts that had like three flat screen TVs in them. And then there were other carts that had a ton of little, I, I was only in the store for five minutes. The parking lot was, forget about the parking lot, because the parking lot was full. People were parking in the dirt and gravel lot next door. I saw a Honda Civic get stuck in deep gravel trying to park. And they the, some guys helped push the lady's car out, and she drove back in again. So here's the thing about Walmart and Black Friday. First of all, we know there were protests in California and a few other places People, workers were protesting Walmart, trying to form unions, and, and it, I don't know, how do you do it? Now, that is an, a great article by Megan McArdle about, you know, she works with Newsweek, Daily Beast, whatever, but it's about um, how do you strike a Walmart? How do you organize at Walmart? And basically what she's saying is, this isn't the old days, okay, back when the auto workers, you know, wanted to form a union and the, the meat packers wanted to form a union, they would stop work. And they wouldn't just stop work. They would stop the company from working. In other words, to do a sit-in protest at General Motors, now the assembly line can't work because there are people physically in the way. But how do you do that at Walmart? You can't do it because it, it's already a zoo. It's already out of control. I mean, you know, again, you you could stop a, an auto assembly line, 
by just sitting in front of all the brakes. No brakes, can't put brakes on the cars, got to do something, got to get this moving. Walmart is a giant store with, you, you know, if the whole staff staged a sit down <laughs> the next day in the news, Walmart staff trampled to death. So I don't know how this is going to play out, but, but Walmart, listen, Walmart has some responsibility in this. Okay. But for, for those who don't know, one thing about Walmart that's always bugged me, Walmart employees, a lot of them are the working poor, meaning they qualify for things like food stamps and other government aid programs. And Walmart helps them get the programs. Human resources at Walmart will help you apply for your food stamps. So that means, in effect, Walmart is subsidized by the government. Yeah, absolutely. So so we know how bad. I'm not going to go into the evils of Walmart. It, it's, it's unbelievable. But here's the thing. When it comes to, to Black Friday, Walmart, once again, it, there's been violence. Okay, um, down in Florida, and yeah, Florida, I know you're shocked this happened in Florida. Two people were shot outside of Walmart over a parking space. Okay, uh, Walmart closed, then quickly reopened, got back to work, and nobody died. Um, in San Antonio, a guy pulled a gun, <laughs> somebody cut, cut the line. Actually, that's kind of funny. Can you imagine somebody cut the line and someone pulls a gun on your ass? Like, excuse me. I, it was my mistake. I will be in the back of the line if you need me. I don't know. At this point, we've had shootings at Walmart, stabbings at Walmart. Sadly, a man was once trampled to death at Walmart. We had pepper spraying at Walmart. I think this should be the new thing. Like on Thursday, on Thanksgiving Day, you watch football, right? And you bet on football as pro games on. You don't, you don't do too well. Well, Friday, there should be some kind of gambling. There should be some kind of over-under on who got wounded at Walmart. That's right. We should pick a number. You should, Because you could like make up the money you lost. Say you bet on the Jets this year. And the Jets, if you saw the game, were absolutely allergic to a football on Thursday. There were so many turnovers. They're still trying to pick the ball up. It's a week after the game. But anyway, you bet on the Jets. You lost big. But your over-under on Walmart shootings, you, you had the over at one. And two people got shot. Boom! You won your money back. They, we, we could watch it. It could be like something on TV. They, they're already videotaping. Let us see the Walmart parking lot. Let us see the fights. Let us see them go at it to save $8 on some something made cheaply in China. And this is the thing I love. We buy cheap stuff from China at Walmart. Our money goes to China. Then the Chinese fly over. You think they're shopping at Walmart? When they visit the United States, you won't find the Chinese at Walmart. You'll find them at Nordstrom's. You'll find them at Bloomingdale's. You'll find them at Tiffany's. But you won't see them at Walmart. Hmm, that's how it works. So anyway, may maybe that's the new thing. I think we should just go ahead and have some kind of weird, you know, Black Friday Walmart gambling thing. I, it's what I think. Um, one more Thanksgiving story. Actually, got a couple more Thanksgiving stories. But this one, this one kind of fascinated me because I had no idea about this. Um, we're running out of helium, people, and we're wasting it on parade balloons. I, I just read this. This is amazing. At projected rates of consumption, all currently available helium on Earth will be depleted in about 40 years. Yeah, we're going to lose all the helium. And guess what? 
they don't know how to make it. It's not like we can make artificial helium. Scientists haven't figured out how to make it. Now we know about helium being used to inflate balloons and to make you talk funny. But helium, it liquefied helium, right, which is super cold, um, highly thermally, thermal, high thermal conductivity, sorry if I can't speak. It's used in aerospace engineering, deep sea diving, cryogenics. Um, without liquefied helium, we wouldn't be able to make superconducting magnets like those used for MRIs. I didn't know this. And the price of helium is low because of an act of Congress in 1996. So, that, you know, they regulated the price. They find helium where they find natural gas. And I'm not going to go into the full science of it. But, you know, we're, we're running out. We're looking at, at 40 years. Now, some estimates claim the global supply of helium will last another 300 years, but some estimates say that there's no such thing as global warming and that the Earth is only 5,000 years old. So we're, we're going to ignore that. This is amazing. Um, I didn't know we were running out of helium, but I think we could come up with a different way to inflate balloons or these millennials. It'll be one more thing they miss out on. <laughs> so many things are going away for this generation. No Macy's Day balloons, poor bastards. Oh, well, I don't know. Do we ground the balloons because we're running out of helium? No, I think technology comes up with another way to, to fly those balloons. We've certainly come up with another way to make funny voices, right? We can do that digitally, electronically. Somehow, we're going to make these balloons fly and save helium. Hey, did you need an MRI? I'm sorry. We had a big Bart Simpson balloon to inflate, and uh, yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> I had no idea. I learned something doing this podcast. See, now I'm the one paying attention. You guys help me with this stuff. So, I don't know. I'm not, I don't know. If we, I shouldn't, I don't want to stop the Macy's Day Parade, but I want to come up with a new way to inflate balloons because we can't waste helium if we need it for scientific purposes. You know, science, that stuff Republicans don't believe in. Okay, cheap shot. Sorry, but it was there, and I took it. What else is going on out there? Um, we lost Larry Hagman. That That's very sad. Uh, Larry Hagman played two great characters. He was J.R., of course, on the show Dallas, and he was Major Nelson on I Dream of Jeannie. And if you're in my generation, you remember I Dream of Jeannie because... She was like wearing this kind of, well, she wore a genie outfit. It was just a bra top and genie pants and she showed her stomach. And back in the day, that was, woo. let me tell you something, children. That was hot back then. That was, woo. that was back when we were inflating balloons left and right, just throwing helium away everywhere. You go to the carnival, they were like, have some helium. You know, we were rich back then, but Larry Hagman was on that show. So we're going to miss him. And when, when Jr. got shot, it was like the major, major thing. It was back when we only had three channels and everyone watched Dallas and who shot JR was the talk of a whole summer. So God bless you, Larry. Thanks for the entertainment. And um, we're going to miss you. In sports, Notre Dame, unbeaten season. Notre Dame will be playing in the national championship game. Uh, you know, the interesting thing with Notre Dame, are you a Notre Dame fan? Some people are, some people aren't, um, some people hate them, but I'm, I'm kind of neutral, but good for them. The fighting Irish has a lot of tradition. 
They were a mess for 10 years. They've been trying to rebuild for the past five years, and they kind of stumbled onto an undefeated season. It was a weak undefeated season. They're not a great team, but they, they managed to win when they were supposed to. So good luck, and uh, we'll see how they do in a national championship game. Okay, so I know I've been rambling as I often do. And, and you people listening, you're like, yeah, but where's the stupid? Where's the, where's the stuff that, what do we really listen to? Well, here it is, ladies and gentlemen. I found it. St. Petersburg, Florida. And I'm going to talk about Florida because this is, this is another Florida story here. But St. Petersburg, Florida woman was arrested on a misdemeanor warrant after being photographed two months ago riding a manatee. That's right, riding a manatee. The Florida has a Manatee Sanctuary Act. It is unlawful for any person at any time, by any means, or in any manner, intentionally or negligently, to annoy, molest, harass, or disturb, or attempt to molest, harass, or disturb a manatee. You hear that, people? In Florida, it is illegal to ride a manatee. Shooting a teenage black kid? We got no problem with that. <laughs> Florida, what the hell is going on with you? What the Trayvon Martin shooting? They knew who did it. They were like, he shot the kid. What was the kid doing? Drinking a soda, wearing a hoodie. Yeah, we'll let that go. You were riding a manatee. You, we will find your ass. Do you understand? Two months of investigation <laughs> based on a picture. Two months they investigated. They found this woman. They went to her job and arrested her. She's released on $1,500 bail. The maximum penalty, $500 fine, six months in jail for riding a manatee. She didn't kill the manatee. She didn't hurt the manatee. It's like riding a dolphin. She saw it. She jumped on. She thought it'd be a great picture. She found out it was illegal. Riding a manatee, six months in jail. Shooting a teenage kid, eh, it happens. It's all right. You were standing your ground, right? When you, you followed the kid and, and confronted him. That was your ground you were standing on. Okay, what happens? What happens if you stand your ground against a manatee? Who knows? Those manatees might be vicious. Say a manatee in a hoodie jumps in your swimming pool. Are you allowed to blow him away? I don't know, Florida. Which gets me to how crazy you are, Florida. And you are nuts. I love you, but you're nuts. Um... Alabama, Mississippi, Texas, they've all requested to secede from the union. Um, Florida, we're going to have to cut you loose too. Um, you're, you're, down, you're protecting manatees while you allow the shooting of people. You're blasting each other in the parking lot at Walmart. You, you can't run an election. Okay, Alan West, who's absolutely nuts, is still fighting over the vote count. It, you didn't announce Barack Obama's winner until three days after the rest of us. I think you're still counting votes from 2000. Florida, you're going to have to shape up or we just might have to ship you out. Again, we love Miami. We're, we're happy LeBron took his talents down there. We've all seen pictures of Miami Beach. Some of us have been lucky enough to be there. Sexiest place on earth. We know the Magic Kingdom is down there. The happiest place on earth. But, but... You have to protect humans as well as manatees. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> God bless you, Florida. And finally, because everyone thinks I'm a total cynic and it's all bad news, um, this may go down as the greatest, the greatest picture of this 
the greatest thing of this holiday season. And and these guys take a lot of flack. NYPD, they've done a lot of dirt, but they do some good. On November 14th, Officer Lawrence DePrimo is on counterterrorism duty in Times Square. He saw an old homeless man without shoes on 42nd Street. He walked away. He came back with a pair of boots. This This officer, he literally went and bought boots with his own money for a homeless guy. And there's a picture online, it's, it's, it's viral on the internet, of him giving socks and boots to a barefoot homeless guy. And God bless him, that's really sweet of you. And that is, and, and most cops are good cops, but there are definitely some bad ones, but enough of that. Most cops are good cops, but this guy, this isn't even about being a good cop. This is, this is above and beyond the call of duty. This is, you are a great man. So thank you for being who you are, Officer DePrimo. Thanks whoever caught the picture and got it online. A little hope for humanity. The hope for you and me, well, it's gone because there were two winners in the $550 million Powerball jackpot. I'm not one of them, and you aren't either. They're looking for the two people who won, one in Missouri, another one in Arizona, going to be splitting $550 million dollars. Guess what? After we go off the fiscal cliff, they're going to pay higher taxes. I love you guys. Thanks for paying attention. I'm Alonzo Bowden. We'll talk to you soon. Happy holidays.